Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our past may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there, thanks so much for tuning in to another interview episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. If you enjoy this conversation, the absolute best way that you can always support is by sharing it on social media and with the people that you love most. It would mean the world to me for others to have access to this powerful content. So thank you so much in advance. Plus, don't forget to stay till the end as I'll be offering some applicable takeaways and a fun challenge this week to take your health to the next level. This week, we're diving into perhaps the most common question I get asked by so many women. Why am I still not seeing results? So the truth is, most health goals don't pan out for most of us because the typical one-size-fits-all, quick-fix, or fad diet solution isn't tailored to us individually. At times, I get that you can become so defeated that you give up. You might forget about your goals, lose interest in them, or make excuses that ultimately prevent you from becoming your best self. And so if you want to achieve true well-being, then you must consider the well-being of your mind, your body, and your spirit, and begin to embrace an all-encompassing vision of yourself that is focused on you individually and your ultimate well-being. So this week on the podcast, I deep dive into this topic with Stephanie Manser, a health and fitness expert and host of Step It Up with Steph, a national show that focuses on optimal health, fitness, food, and more. Steph has also appeared on the Today Show, Dr. Oz, CNN, and Fox New York. Based in Chicago, Steph's column, Exercise Well with Steph Manser, is published weekly in the Chicago Sun-Times. For the past decade, Steph has been helping millions of people step it up every day with weight loss tips, lifestyle hacks, and fitness secrets to up their game and feel their best. In this episode, we'll be jamming about healthy and sustainable weight loss tips, lifestyle hacks, and fitness secrets to find your strongest and healthiest self today. Plus, Steph is going to offer four pillars of health to help you step in to your happiest, healthiest you. Welcome, Stephanie, to the show. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to meet you virtually and have this powerful conversation on weight loss and shifting your relationship with food and your body. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Sarah. I love what you're up to, so I'm really excited for this conversation. Yeah, I'm excited because I think right now people are confused about weight loss and I'm getting a lot of questions about like, is it still okay to lose weight? Like, should I just love my body the way it is? Which I think is causing and creating a little bit of a complacency energy. And I know a lot of women are really frustrated right now, specifically coming out of COVID and just not feeling the best in their bodies. And so I'm excited to tap into all your wisdom around this topic. And I'm curious how you got into this because now you've built this incredible brand and you're on all these talk shows and supporting millions of women around the world to shift the relationship with food in their body. So I'm curious if it was like a struggle for you or if it was just something you naturally fell into, kind of what the process was for your journey. Yeah. You know, it was really twofold, Sarah, because number one, I had my own struggles and, you know, I was a tomboy growing up, but then I went to college and gained the freshman 15 and more like the freshman 25. And I just was really up against a lot of, you know, negative self-talk and and almost self-hate and self-loathing because I couldn't get my weight under control. And, you know, that led to binge eating and counting calories on sticky notes and trying to starve myself during the day. And then binging at night. And around the same time, I was also studying a lot of psychology and women's studies and how women are portrayed in the media compared to men. And, you know, it's like women, I felt were taught to be a certain size, act a certain way, look a certain way, and then you will get the job, get the raise, get the guy. 
And it was kind of like this cookie cutter mold. Everyone's got to be a size zero or two and you're happier when you're thinner and you know, yada, yada, yada. But you know, I had to holistically transform my life and my relationship with food and how I viewed exercise. And I did that and I can share more about that too. But ultimately it, it led me to want to create healthier lifestyle content for women so that women can be healthy whether or not they're a size two. And if they want to be thin, that's fine, but that's not the end all be all. It's more about being happy with your body and loving yourself, even if you don't necessarily love the size or shape of your body currently. You know, you can still have that self-love even if you're moving forward and making progress in your goals. So that dichotomy of self-love while you're losing weight or self-acceptance even when you don't necessarily love the size or shape of your body is something that I focus on a lot with, with my clients and with women in general. It's so similar to what I teach that. So often we think that the feeling of the happiness, the joy, the inspiration, the creativity, the self-love, the self-worth, self-esteem will come when we reach mm -hmm. a certain body size or a certain look. But then when we reach it, even at that point, then there's the pressure and the perfectionism model of like having to stay that size. And most often we don't feel what we believe we're going to feel on the other side of it because right. our minds go with us, right? So it's like yeah. <laughs> all of the stories and the conditioning and the beliefs are still there once we hit that size. So I love that this is something you're helping women really integrate and creating this belief system that falling in love with your body now is probably, I would say, one of the most important steps in weight loss. Um, and I'm curious how you're supporting them in that. I know you have like a four-step process, right? That I think yeah. I kind of walks them through that. But I'm curious like what you're, yeah, that and then also what you're doing to really help them embody that first so that it feels easier to accept and then let go of of any weight that isn't serving them? Yes, that's a great question. So I have my four pillars of holistic health and that's physical, which is, you know, workouts in the physical body, nutritional, which is food and if needed, you know, supplementation. And then I have emotional, which many people can relate to emotional eating, but it's also about how you talk to yourself you know, the dialogue in your head when you see yourself in the mirror, any anxiety you might feel about your body or body image. And then finally, the fourth pillar is spirituality. And I like to say, you know, we don't have to talk about religion or God unless you want to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's more about like, you know, what is your deepest desire for yourself? Why do you really want to lose weight or, you know, build strength or just feel healthier? So what's deep down, like what you want for yourself. So I like to use all four of those because, you know, a lot of my clients, Sarah, they come to me, they're successful and happy in their careers. And most likely they have a healthy and happy personal life, but it's like this one thorn in their side is the weight loss. And it's not that they don't like themselves fully. It's more just like they beat themselves up over why can't I just lose the weight or stay committed or, you know, follow the diet or workout plan or whatever it is that they think is the golden ticket. And so what I really emphasize is that, you know, accept where you're at, stop feeling the guilt, or at least be aware that the guilt isn't serving you to move forward. And, you know, just it's choice after choice, day after day, opportunity after opportunity to, you know, create a different reality. And I think, you know, in my experience, it's like people have these big lofty goals, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds. How about if we just break that down so that it's, you know, one action an hour, you know, not even about a pound, but one action an hour. Like how can we get this so that it becomes a lifestyle rather than just, you know, the only goal is weight loss. Mm, I love that. And I love what you said about guilt because I think so often we think that the guilt and the shame is what drives mm, the motivation, right. but it's not. It's actually driving the vibrational experience that is often negative. And so when we're holding ourselves in that energy, we actually are more likely to binge or more yeah. likely to do behavior patterns that aren't serving us or likely to fall into you know the complacency model or the like, I'll never be good enough model. And then 
it takes us into the spiral instead of focusing on positive, which brings us into alignment with our goals. And I'm curious too, as you said, like just moving forward, is there an element of forgiveness in that? Like if you do something that maybe feels out of alignment with your goals, are you working through that forgiveness or helping them move through like that process of saying, okay, well today I didn't do everything every single hour, but Mm -hmm. tomorrow is a new day. So I'm curious in terms of mindset shifts around that. Yes. I love that question, Sarah. And for that, I like to focus on what are the positives that we did? You know, okay, the negatives or the unhealthy stuff is more water under the bridge. Let's shift our focus to there is something positive that you did. You know, I'll I'll never forget. I had a client, she was crying during one of our sessions and I was, you know, at the beginning and she said, I ordered a salad for lunch and, you know, I only used half the dressing, but I saw the calorie count was 950 calories and I was going to order a burger, but I didn't. And I, and so then she felt so guilty for all of the calories. And I said, Whoa, you know, Denise, it's okay. You did a great thing by wanting to choose something that you thought was healthier. You know, Mm -hmm. that is our success. That's the win. That's the positive piece of this. Try to not let this, you know, the calorie number take the place of what the star of the show is. And that is like, you tried to do something that you thought was good for yourself. So in terms of the forgiveness, you know, it's like, it's not like the food choices is right or wrong, you know, black or white, but so Mm -hmm. often in these diets that, you know, women are following, that's what we're told. It's either a yes or a no. And I like to give a little more leeway and have there be more of a gray area because again, this is a lifestyle that we're trying to create. It's not just acing the diet test, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, and to your point too, Sarah, about the self-talk and the beating yourself up around it. You know, I once dated a guy who would look in the mirror and yell at himself. If he gained weight, he would yell like, you know, get off your fat butt and start, you know, like he was very mean to himself. Mm -hmm. And that's why I only work with women because for men talking to yourself like that and like degrading yourself can be motivating. But for women, it just kind of pushes us even further into the ground. So I definitely feel like we need more, you know, softness, forgiveness, compassion when we're making not the healthiest of choices or when we find ourselves, you know, not where we want to be body size or shape wise. I love that. And I also love the idea, which I believe you're also a fan of, which is like the idea that the diet is actually, or the protocol, if it's so strict, then that's the Mm -hmm. failure behind the protocol that's out there versus you being the failure. And we're not meant to be on this strict, stringent, like Mm -hmm. protocol that doesn't have any flexibility, any room for forgiveness or compassion or any ability to adapt to our own lives. And so can you talk a little bit about that and like working with your clients in terms of potentially bio-individuality or what works for some person isn't going to work for another and how all your clients potentially are different in that sense? Because I think also it's so easy to think like, okay, I'm just going to copy and paste the same protocol Mm -hmm. that everyone else is doing. And then we're upset with ourselves when it doesn't work the same as it worked for our friend or our colleague or our mother, but they don't have the same body. They don't have the same stress levels. They don't have the same lifestyle as you. And I think it's a really important piece of this puzzle. Yes, absolutely. A lot of my private weight loss clients are, you know, CEOs, executives, partners at law firms, and, you know, they're used to following a system and then it yields them the success or the, or the result or the win at work. And when it comes to following a strict step-by-step diet or even a, a workout plan, that may work for some body types or lifestyles. But I had one client, she had just turned 50 and she was trying to do her same intense kickboxing workout and went vegetarian like she did in her 30s because she thought that was going to help her lose weight again in her 50s. And she hired me because, you know, surprise, it it didn't help. (laughs) So, you know, 20 years later, she's dealing with elevated cortisol levels, which contributes to storing more Mm -hmm. fat around the midsection. And her adrenals were not functioning properly. She was very fatigued. I have a doctor of naturopathy that works with all my clients as well and helps me create food plans for women that sign up for our free programs. And, you know, it's a very integrative approach. We look at sleep, we look at stress, we look at neurological function and all these other factors that play into it besides just what you're consuming food-wise and then also if you're exercising. 
And so this particular client, I had her start doing yoga and Pilates. So like lesser intense workouts. And we also added more fat and protein, like animal protein into her diet to help kickstart her metabolism and give her more protein. And she started losing weight within a week. So Mm -hmm. another client was the only thing we did with her was have her increase her protein and sleep eight hours a night. She didn't exercise once in three months and she lost 20 pounds, (laughs) you know, so it just, and then there's other clients that absolutely like, you know, they need to do intense cardio, like a couple spin classes a week in order for the scale to move. Even if their eating is quote unquote, what they think is perfect. So I love emphasizing the fact that, you know, you're not a failure, but the plan you're following is failing you. So Mm -hmm. we need to integrate that masculine energy, the structure and the foundation and the systems. We need to have something to go off of, but we also need to incorporate that feminine energy, like the softness, the flexibility, the, you know, let's see how I feel type energy. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love that. And I think it's really important to just recognize that as an individual who is struggling with your weight or struggling with your health or struggling with even well-being or peace of mind, clarity, focus, all of the things like we can't look to often the media. We can't look to, you know, what's online and say, "Oh, well, just because these three things worked, like you said, it's stress, it's sleep, it's there's so many other factors." But with that being said, I think we're overcomplicating our health. And so it's about finding someone that can bring you back to like, what are the simplest things that will decrease the cortisol, will yeah. help your serotonin, will support you in feeling good in your body so that you are motivated to go to the gym. Like, what are those things? Because I think we neglect, and I'm curious if you feel this too, like often we neglect the very things we know to be healthy because we're like, I have to try that newest supplement that's like right, going right. to save me, you know? And then, <laughs> right. then we, and then we're like skipping three hours of sleep that night. So right, right. coming back to like the basics, but then having someone support you and helping you to identify what those basics are. Yeah, exactly. I love that point, Sarah, because, you know, I've, I've had clients who are like, well, I heard salad dressing is bad. And, I, and I'm like, you know what? Salad dressing is the least of your concerns right now. Don't even worry about salad. Or what about, you know, I heard you have to do an apple cider vinegar shot every morning in order to lose weight. Is that true? Well, do you want to do it? You know, no, I hate the taste of it. Okay, well, let's not do it. You know, yeah. so there's definitely, <laughs> there's more than one way to, mm-hmm. to get to the goal, but it's so important to do what resonates and feels best for you. And that's why I emphasize, you know, in all of my programs and the content I put out for people, it's here's me, you know, as the expert, as a guide, as the, mm-hmm. you know, person leading you through this, but you are the best expert on yourself. So if something doesn't feel right, you know, there's a difference obviously between like feeling lazy and just feeling like you're sick, you know, or feeling like something isn't good for you versus just not wanting to try something new. But if you don't feel like it's in alignment with you, then go with that. You know, don't listen to what I'm saying. So my goal is to help women get more in tune with themselves, like that feminine side of all of this, so that they feel confident in their choices. You know, like one example I use is I love pizza and that time of the month, every month I order pizza and I decide I'm lactose intolerant. So I decide, do I want to be bloated? for a day or two and uncomfortable and busting out of my pants. If I do, then I get the pizza. If I don't, Mm -hmm. then I don't. But at least I know how I'm going to feel. And then I can make a decision from a more relaxed place rather than feeling like I have to be super strict about everything. You Mm -hmm. know, it's just like a happier way to live and it's more sustainable. Yeah. I love that. I love the idea of considering the feeling of how you'll feel Mm -hmm. afterwards and then feeling empowered to make whatever choice that is, but at least sitting with yourself and being truthful with the experience and saying, like for me, I'm the same way. Like if I a (laughs) gluten-filled dairy covered pizza, I would not be great for a few days. And there's times that I've made a choice to take a few bites and I know the consequence of that. And so, but it's about being empowered in the choice. And I also think there's the piece of, and I'm curious if this is true for your coaching, Mm -hmm. it's like the radical responsibility piece. It's like, feeling empowered and not feeling guilty for it, but also being responsible for the consequence. And so I think right now more than ever, it's very easy to blame the coach, the diet, the Mm -hmm. protocol, Mm -hmm. 
the expert, the intern that wrote the article on Cosmo that's like telling you to do something. You know, it's like, it's very easy to blame everyone else. But as you become more in tune with your truth and what you know in terms of food and movement and lifestyle mm-hmm. and how that impacts your body, then you're going to have to take on that radical responsibility piece, which is part of the empowerment. Yes, exactly. It's so much more empowering when you feel like it's so much more empowering and it just like sends your confidence through the roof almost when you Mm. feel like, okay, I can make these choices for myself. I can deal with the consequences afterwards, whether they're positive or negative. It's okay. I can be the director of my ship. You know, I can be the captain holding the wheel of the boat and just get things to go whichever way I want. And you know, it's like I have some women will say, well, I, I'm going on vacation and I'm going to come back and I'm, I'm just worried about how I'm going to feel after. And I say, well, yeah, you know, it, it's okay. The actors and actresses, they go on a detox before the red carpet, you know? So if you're going to go on vacation and you're going to come back and not feel that great, if that's the choice you're going to make, then figure out what you're going to do when you come back. Are you going to have maybe two smoothies a day and then have a normal dinner or are you going to you know are you going to sign up for workout classes before you leave for vacation so your your calendar when you come back i mean what are you going to do it you don't need to feel super on track 100% of mm-hmm. the time if you're you know already knowing that does that make like if you're aware yeah. that you're not on track it's okay but yeah. it's when you're not aware and then everything catches up with you it snowballs that's when it's a problem. But knowing that you're going to make unhealthy choices and being okay with it, in my book, is fine. As Mm -hmm. long as you're okay with it. Right. And knowing the, like you said, the consequence of it and saying like, Mm -hmm. do I want to have to cleanse after this? Or does that feel in alignment with me that I would need to go on a a cleanse? Or do I just make a few different choices while I'm Mm -hmm. on vacation? And maybe that's moving every day, or maybe that's Mm -hmm. choosing to drink one night or two nights on the weekend before I come back instead of seven nights or like, those are the choices. And I think as you tap into your body and you can kind of jump into your future self and recognize, Mm -hmm. like you said, with, from a spiritual place of like, well, I want to feel alive when I get back because I have projects and I want to make impact and I want to be my kids. And I want to you know, really be in alignment when I return home, then it's more motivating to let go of what we think we, like the desire, right? The the things we think that we really want to have, not necessarily the things we need to serve our highest and best self. Hey there, friend. Are you loving this podcast? I want to continue to support you. So the simplest way to do this is to head over to sarahannstewart.com and pop into the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you never, ever miss any details of our new projects, products, upcoming events, or issues that are near or dear to my heart. You're also going to get access to the movement. This is the inner circle of people just like you standing in their power to bring more truth and a new level of consciousness where all individuals get to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So pop on over to sarahannstewart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. I'm curious if there's any other limiting beliefs or mindset shifts that you work through with your clients that just consistently show up over and over, maybe around energy or time or... Yeah. You know, there are two, I would say. One is, and you touched on this earlier, like the perfectionism aspect. So wanting to, you know, follow the plan perfectly, or then there's the all or nothing mentality. Like I'm either going to do it all perfectly, or I'm going to do none of it at all. And so with talking about going on vacation, you know, yes, can we make a few tweaks here and there? And the vacation might be a little bit different than what you're used to. And it might be a little bit weird if you're, you know, not having your glass of white wine on the beach every night on your beach vacation. But are you willing to test it out to see how you'll feel when you return? You know, feeling like we can do the plan or we can follow the plan imperfectly and still make progress is mm-hmm. something that I work with my clients a lot on because, you know, no matter how much you plan, you can't, you know, I think a lot of us, at least I am a, an inner control freak, you know, so we cannot control every single 
meal and snack and workout and something goes late or ends earlier, whatever, you know, life happens. And that's where the softer side, the feminine side, the going with the flow happens and, and feeling confident in your ability to go with flow rather than feeling like you have to hold tight to that plan and follow that plan perfectly. I like to say I give my clients plans. They're sometimes eating plans, sometimes workout plans, sometimes schedules, or sometimes a combination of all of those. And I always say, you know, this is a guide. This is a loose guide. (laughs) Things can be interchanged. You know, it's okay to change things up. And, you know, even if you do follow something perfectly, like I was doing the keto diet last year as a test, I gained nine pounds doing keto and I was doing it right, but it just didn't mesh well with my body. So Mm -hmm. knowing too, that even when you do follow something perfectly, it might not get you to where you want to be. So this whole idea of perfectionism and, you know, either all in or all out, I just really encourage my clients to slowly toss it out the window. It's hard to throw it, (laughs) you know, but just slowly drop that mindset out the window. Yeah. And I think when we recognize that that comes from diet culture, because Mm -hmm. diet culture has been projected on us, like start your diet January 1st or start your diet on Monday. And so we binge all weekend because we know that we're going to be restricted. And so it is very much this all or nothing. And when we have that cultural conditioning, even if we haven't experienced that, you know, our ancestors have experienced that generations before us have experienced that. Like Mm -hmm. we've seen diets start 40, 50, 60 years ago and the marketing has been projected on us. It's like, it's either this way or nothing, or you're not going to have this dream body. And what's crazy is the marketing behind it wants us to fail because then we buy more marketing, more more of the (laughs) products that they're marketing to us. And so I think it's like this empowerment that we need to have to believe that the lifestyle and the sustainability is every single day. It's not like it starts on a Monday or ends on a Friday or it starts January 1st. It's like Mm -hmm. we're creating habits for a sustainable future where we can look back and say like, well, all of those little things added up. Yes. Yes. And I think it also takes the roller coaster ride out of it. Sarah, you know, if you, instead of saying like, okay, it's Tuesday, I'm going to wait till next Monday, you know, it's like, oh, we've got these highs and these lows, these valleys and these peaks, you know, like, can't we just like take every choice and every opportunity as, as a time to make some sort of different decision or, you know, a healthy one or just keep moving. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, I think if anything, during this time, we've all been trying to shift our ways and how we think seeing how unstable sometimes life can be. So if you can provide some stability mentally and commitment-wise for yourself and just know that there's no starting over. This is your life is on a continuum. We're not like flipping to the next week every time there's a mess up. We're still on the horse. We never fall off. Yeah, I love that. And I love just the idea of noticing now if becoming aware that when you're watching social media and looking at Facebook and when you're, <laughs> when you're online, like paying attention to when that's being projected upon you so that you can become aware of it. And you're like, okay, well, that's not going to be my choice or that's not going to be my life. And I'm going to stay motivated in a different way. That's more yeah. in alignment with my self-confidence, my self-worth, my self-love, the very things that will create the sustainability, not the like instant gratification that I get on the other side. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think too, that it helps to strengthen our own relationship with ourselves. You know, like for me, the biggest letdown I feel is when I break a commitment to myself, but I don't make lofty commitments to myself. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like I'm saying, you know, if I'm starting a new workout program, no, I don't say I'm going to do this seven days a week. You know, I'm committed to myself because I want to try it out for myself. I deserve to reap the benefits and see if I like it. You know, I say, okay, I'm going to try it four times this week, you know? And so again, not being lazy, but just being more practical and and like not setting myself up to Mm. fail, you know, like what's a lesser goal I can have that still makes me feel proud and accomplished. Yeah. And I love that experimental energy that you're Mm -hmm. sharing the idea of like, if it's not for me, I'm just grateful that I tried it and now I know. And I'm grateful that I can, you know, look at all these different protocols and all these different nutrition plans and all the research Mm -hmm. and I can take what's best and 
if it's not working for my body, I discard it. And there's no shame or guilt around that. It's more of a gratitude energy. And I think Mm -hmm. as women, when we shift into that space where we're grateful that it's working for our friend, but not for us, when we're grateful Mm -hmm. that they've figured out what works for them, it almost shifts our relationship with ourselves as well and lets go of that jealousy component or the comparison mindset or the why is it working for her, not for me? Because again, we're all going to have very different processes in which we design our lives. And those are going to change based on, like you said, as your client aged, her protocol needed to change. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And you know, and even with things um, the doctors recommend, you know, my naturopath doctor recommended a different probiotic for me to try. Well, I, I tried it for four days and Sarah, my stomach was like as big and uncomfortable as if I had had two, you know, pizzas mm. <laughs> before PMS. And it's like, the probiotic just didn't work for my body. And, and so like, I, I was like, oh my gosh, my, but my doctor, like she knows everything. She's telling me to do this, but I was so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I let her know and she said, okay, she thinks that, you know, I needed a specific strand in my probiotic that it wasn't in that one. Um, so that's why it, it was like making me, you know, bloated and mm-hmm. clogged for, you know, four days. It was very uncomfortable, but you know, here I am health and, and wellness and fitness is my job. Here's this doctor telling me, you know, it it even happens to someone like me, but I didn't keep doing it because it was so uncomfortable, you know, (laughs) but I'm sure that a lot of women would have just pushed through it and and kept going for a month, you know? Yeah. Or place their disappointment. Like they would have been disappointed and expert and then left and never had the conversation. And I think right now more than ever, we need to feel empowered to Mm -hmm. go to our doctors and go to the experts. Like I have an integrative doctor and a functional medicine doctor. And when I don't feel in alignment, 10 years ago, I would have never stood up for myself. But now I trust that I can say like, hey, this doesn't feel right. Can Mm -hmm. we walk through this together? Can we have a conversation about this? And it's empowering to start to recognize what relationships you can have those conversations with, like you and your naturopath. You were able to say, hey, this isn't working. And she was like, okay, let's change it up. Mm -hmm. But a lot of doctors would be resistant to that. And I think it's important for us to empower ourselves, but then it's also empowering the medical system to be able to hold for when we recognize something isn't working. Yes, absolutely. And to validate you know, the patient or the client's experience, Mm -hmm. you know, and not make them feel like something's wrong with them, I think is huge. And if you are being made to feel that way, then it's just, it's not a good fit. It's not a good methodology. And it it just, you know, it doesn't work for you. And that's okay too. But you're right. Having that sort of team or, or the expert that you feel like you can trust, not just because of their expertise, but also because of how they want you to feel empowered. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Yeah. I'm curious during COVID how you were supporting people with motivation because I feel like we had this interesting thing that happened in the beginning where people were either like, okay, I'm going to wait this out and this is going to be my vacation or <laughs> it's, or I'm so motivated and this is the time I'm going to get my like shit together. And then a lot of people hit the fight or flight where it was like they were burned out because they pushed too hard or they felt burned out because they weren't really taking care of themselves and their energies got drained. So I'm curious like what the balance was for you because I do feel like this is a conversation where, you know, COVID isn't gone yet and people are still resisting going outside and nice. And I'm finding right now that people are really struggling with the motivation to stay in the mindset of, okay, my health comes first. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because in the beginning of all this, you know, talking earlier how we were talking about the media and and the influence it has on us, I was slammed with Today Show and CNN and other news outlets. They wanted all these, you know, gimmicky type workouts for their viewers and for content. So I was filming, you know, the wine workout, the yoga in bed workout, the laundry workout, you know, all these things just to inspire people and, you know, look school. And obviously it's kind of, you know, a fad type thing, but to inspire people to work out more. So that was very busy, the media side, but then the clients reaching out and asking for help was pretty dismal and and dead during that time. But then the tides shifted. So Mm -hmm. about two months in the media was like, okay, we're done. You know, we don't need any more of these workouts. But the clients were like, I really need help, you know? So it was interesting just to see that, you know, the clients want real lasting changes and the media is kind of just going for, 
more of the gimmicks. And, you know, I love doing that stuff, Sarah. So I'm not, I'm not bashing them, but just in terms of what we see as a viewer, you know, it seemed like so popular in the beginning. And now it's kind of like, okay, you know, this is getting old. But my clients are now more than ever feeling like this is the time to take control of their health. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not a free for all anymore. It's not just, this isn't just going to blow over, you know, it's not going away. So I have found, at least in my world here, that people, women are getting more serious about their commitments to their health and, and wanting to feel empowered and do whatever they can to stay and get healthier. Yeah, I agree. And people are also recognizing, I'm curious if you're seeing this too, that prevention is one of the greatest gifts we can give ourselves. Like before this COVID, there was always a little bit of resistance to prevention. I felt personally where it was like, well, why should I worry about something I don't currently have? And it was like, until someone had a problem, they weren't willing to really look at it or do the work. Now Mm. I feel like that's shifting. But for someone who maybe doesn't have that yet, how do you support people in that motivation to just say like, because I hate to always be brutally honest, mm-hmm. full transparency, be like chronic sickness is on the rise. This is a real thing. And if you don't take care of your health now, the chances are much higher. But I don't like to use that as like a motivation tactic. Yeah. I like to use like, okay, you're going to have energy today to be with your kids and be present. But there's a lot of truth in that, right? There's a lot of yes. truth in like, if we're not taking care of ourselves and the choices we're making today are in alignment with our future health, mm-hmm. then we will get sick. And so I'm curious, kind of that conversation when people are like, oh, I'm just not motivated. I just don't know why it's necessary if I don't really have anything going on right Right. now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I love that question because one of the things that I focus on with my clients is short-term goals versus long-term goals. So like I had one client and one of her goals was to quit smoking. And I actually helped her quit smoking through my, you know, health and weight loss programs. (laughs) We focus on everything, but you know, a long-term goal, kind of like what you're saying for health, a long-term goal to quit smoking is I don't want to get lung cancer. I don't want to get throat cancer. You know, Mm -hmm. a short-term goal is I don't want to be around someone with like smoky breath. I don't want to have to duck out and have people ask where I am if I'm hiding my smoking from someone. Those are like short-term immediate things versus the long-term, you know, sort of warning. So with weight loss, sometimes people can't necessarily, like they're not either scared enough or excited enough by what would happen long-term if they made a change. But in the short term, like what they could feel or see or experience immediately, you know, whether that's that minute, that hour, that day, or that week is more motivating to them. So for anyone that's struggling with committing to their health or weight loss goals right now, I would say, you know, look at what your long-term goals are and then look at what you get out of it in the short run, you know, Mm -hmm. and try to always have, you know, it's kind of like you're driving, you know, you're driving, you know, I'm in Chicago. So, you know, you're driving from Chicago to LA, you can see what LA looks like, but you're not exactly sure what's in between, you know, the outer city limits of Chicago and LA, but you know how to get out of Chicago. So, and then you kind of go, you know, like every few hundred miles, there's another short-term goal or a city to get to. Mm-hmm. So, so think of it like you've got your eye on the prize. You've got your eye on you know getting to Los Angeles, but you also have the short-term goal of just like being able to drive out of Chicago and what expressway you need to take to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's a really great analogy. I love that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's so crucial to think about the small term things, because I think also, I mean, we know that it takes three to four days for your body to even recognize what you ate three to four Mm -hmm. days ago, you know? So it takes time for your body to really adjust to these new habits. And I think that's part of the problem with like the quick fix Mm -hmm. solutions that we see so often. And I think it's important to remind yourself that you might not see the brain fog go away or the memory loss or the things that might take a little bit longer, you know, Mm -hmm. the clarity, the focus, the aliveness, the energy, things like that. But you might notice, oh, wow, my jeans fit a little bit better. Wow, I just walked up the stairs and I have more energy. I'm not out of breath. The things that I think are so important to start paying attention to. So I would assume that those are kind of the aspects of these little goals that you're referring to. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I even did this for myself during COVID, Sarah. I decided, you know, for a few years, I've been so annoyed with my coffee addiction. Mm -hmm. I just like, I could feel like it wasn't that great for me, but I was so addicted to the caffeine high. And I would like make excuses like, oh, well, 
I'm busy or I like the taste or I want to be able to function at like a higher level, you know, and, and I'd be like, gosh, I feel like I'm tapping into my unnatural energy source by consuming all this coffee. And so finally during COVID, I was like, you know what? Doesn't matter if I'm not that sharp. Doesn't matter if I'm more relaxed. Doesn't matter if I have a headache. You know, it's okay. I'm going to try this. So I slowly, you know, I don't really like green tea that much, but I wanted something hot. So I slowly did that and to make myself look forward to it in the short term, I added oat milk and honey and like a tiny bit of sugar, (laughs) which, you know, is that better than coffee? Not really, but I was desperate to break my coffee addictions. So I did that. And, you know, over time, the past, you know, few months, I'm so proud of myself, but I was using this long-term goal, but I was implementing these short-term fixes and and results that I could see and feel. After a week, I felt much steadier, Mm. you know, and I hadn't like felt that in a really long time. So I looked up online, you know, like how will you feel once you're drinking, you know, green tea or something more natural than instead of coffee. So now, you know, once every couple weeks now I'm having like an iced latte or something, but I'm not addicted to it. It doesn't control me. So I feel so much more empowered by having kicked that and just feeling like there's, that doesn't have a hold on me. I love that. I actually gave up coffee during COVID as well. (laughs) Amazing. Yes. Mine was for a different reason because I had a concussion. So I, I was forced to give it up. Right. Yes. But I'm happy that now that addiction is broken. And I think so often we're addicted to not even the hit of caffeine, but just Mm -hmm. the habit, right? It's like you wake up and you have your coffee and there's these habits that get so ingrained that make us feel safe and comfortable. And then, or it's like when we get anxious, we go to the coffee or we go to whatever it is that we're needing to like soften the internal Uh experience that we're having. But I think it's so powerful to recognize that like the slow and steady process is Mm -hmm. so powerful because it gives us the opportunity to not go into this massive emotional disconnect, but it also allows us to really like recognize, okay, was this habit serving me? Right. No. And could, can I disconnect from it so that I can deal with whatever internally is happening without the need for it to comfort me or whatever it is that it's, it's doing to potentially, we believe serve us. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I I love that. Were there any other like big awakenings during COVID or health hacks that you were like, this is now just serving me? Yes. For me personally, these, the at-home workouts I've been doing, you know, my gym has opened up a little bit and, or, you know, you have to make a reservation because there's only a few people at a time allowed, but I don't really have an interest of going back to the gym yet. Mm -hmm. Part COVID, but part, I I like my at-home workout routine. I did start ending my days a little bit earlier. So I used to, you know, work until I had dinner plans or an event or a tennis match, you know, I'd work until six or seven, but now I've decided to stop at 4 p.m. and do my workout and do some, like call people and do something a little more, ch- change up my normal routine. And, and I thankfully can do that because I run my own schedule. But, you know, just these little things I could mm-hmm. do that made me, it's kind of weird to explain, but I, I wanted to try to keep my state steady even when I was changing things. Right. If that makes sense. So, like, yes. You know, I changed my routine, but how can I be calm about changing my routine instead of like up in arms, like, oh boy, you know, it's this time and I'm not doing that. So again, that inner control freak, just kind of like being a little more connected and, and one with time instead of feeling like I'm racing against the clock. That's something that, you know, and sleeping in a little bit sometimes instead of feeling like I have to get up and meditate, you know, some days I'm not, you know, and there's other things that I was better at during regular times than I have been now and just being okay with that. You know what I mean? Like just letting it go and settle and and not being so hard and rigid with myself. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I had a huge awakening to the word no. I realized like I am just a yes to so many things, but when I'm a Uh yes to so many things, I just, like you said, it's staying busy, but for what reason? It's like just keeping yourself constantly going. And that was part of the energy that Mm -hmm. I had before COVID. And then I had this time to be with myself and sit and be like, oh, I'm saying yes to all of these things, but like, why? Like, why am I keeping myself so busy? And if I want to stay grounded during this time, I really have to up my self-care and my meditation and the things that are serving me to be in this time and feel healthy and 
connected and grounded and yeah, in alignment with my health. And that meant I had to start saying no to other people and to things that were requested. And that doesn't mean not saying yes to those things a month or two months from now, but just means Uh not stacking it like I was. Right. Right. Yes. I, you know, Sarah, I used to judge myself based on how full my calendar was like not judge myself, but judge if I would say yes or no Mm -hmm. to going out with someone like, okay, well, I kind of have a lighter week in the evening. So yeah, I should probably go see that person when really the question should be like, do I want to go see that person or not? hundred <laughs> percent. You know, like, but I was doing it all based on my calendar and mm-hmm. how busy I was or not busy I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, we get the gold star at the end of the day. If we had yeah. like back-to-back meetings, but <laughs> then we like feel like a failure if we, right. you know, if we like sat and did self-care and That's been a big, big eye-opener to me. And what's interesting is as I've upped my self-care, I've noticed my productivity also go up. So I'm I'm not dragging, you know, working till seven or eight, but I'm getting the same amount done before five so that I can get the self-care in. So yeah, it's these weird mindset shifts. We It's just these like projections that we place on ourselves. And I think they're very much just how we were raised and and what we saw. Yeah, And then it's like, like you said, I think it's about continuously coming back to how am I feeling? Like, does this light me up and bring me joy and bring me health and really serve me? (laughs) And if it does, then the answer is yes. Or is it serving my future health and self? So yeah. Yeah. I'm really thankful for you. I feel like I could talk to you all day. I'm like, we teach so similar, like in the sense of just breaking down these belief systems that women take on. And so- I love what you're doing and I love how you're serving the world. I'm curious if people want to like join your programs, watch your show, learn about yeah. you. Where can they go and how can they sign up? Sure. My website is Step It Up with Steph and we have a free 21-day challenge on there that combines like confidence-boosting exercises and an easy food plan and a simple workout guide. And then there's also, we have a, a free weight loss plan on the website as well. And For the TV show, it's airing on PBS stations across the country and then also on Create TV. So you can go to stepitupwithstuff.com and click like the show info if you want, or you can just go to your local PBS stations website and see when the show airs. But you know, the show really combines like all these pieces that we talked about Mm -hmm. the the workout, the food, the self-talk, and then also expert advice. But again, not as a one size fits all, just as like, here's 20 suggestions, you know, let's see what sticks and works for you, Mm -hmm. you know, which is something that I love because, you know, if there's anything people take away from this and what I've said, I want, you know, I want to make it clear that it isn't just one size fits all. It's all about what works best for you and, you know, kind of having like the grace and the patience with yourself to discover that you know, listen to experts and, and get information, get the plan, but know that you can always alter the plan to best suit you and, and how you feel and, and what you think your body needs. So mm. we were able to, you know, emulate that on, on the show, Step It Up With Steph on PBS. So yeah, that's the big message I like to spread. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I'm excited to check it out and refer clients. And I think it's always just so empowering specifically because you dive in with lots of different clients on the show, right? Like you, yeah. you welcome. Yeah. Different so I think topics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love allowing people to witness that like different people of different walks of life can have success with their health. Like it's not just the celebrities, it's not just someone with a trainer at home. It's not someone just you know, financial freedom to buy the supplements and bring in the cryo machine and all of the things. I'm like, everyone can have success with this. Like it's not limited to one specific type of person culturally, you know, like that lives in our, you know, lives in Hollywood. Like I get so frustrated when that belief system is projected upon America. Cause I'm like, no, like yeah. you can be healthy. You know, yep. as I tell my family members in Michigan, I'm like, you can be healthy there. <laughs> like, right. Right. <laughs> Everyone has, I mean, we're all eating and we've all got bodies and minds, you know? So whatever extent you want to take all of that to is, you know, maybe something to do with where you're at and other areas of life, but we've all got bodies, we're all eating and we've all got brains, you know? So we can try to figure out what works for us. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, I will link everything in the show notes below. Thank you so much for being here. It was such a pleasure and an honor to have this fun conversation with you. Thanks, Sarah. 
All right, that concludes another episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. However, I want to leave you with a challenge this week before you take off to implement in your life to upgrade your health and your well-being. So as Steph and I talked about, one of the keys to success is taking full accountability for your actions and for your life. And we know how difficult this can be. There are so many external factors that play a tremendous role in how we maneuver throughout our day-to-day lives and play a role in the decisions that we make. But what I've come to learn in many cases, those external factors become an excuse because we don't feel deeply worthy for caring for ourselves. So as Steph shared, there are ways to start feeling more and more of this self-worth and it can take five to 10 minutes a day. It doesn't have to be hard, which can make a tremendous impact on your overall goals. This week, I wanna encourage you to step into that responsibility by incorporating three core shifts. And so I urge you to spend some time reflecting on your personal needs and how you can best support your body, especially when life becomes stressful and filled with lots of these external sources that require your attention. So the first step is releasing your concern for what anyone else is doing. No matter how much you love them or how often you're together, trust that your truth and their truth can coexist and how you relate to self-care and your health and your well-being can be entirely different. Second, identify and write down what areas of your health need some support or upgrading. Spend some time right now making a list of what areas of your health are most calling out for attention and support. Maybe it's integrating more clean food into your diet. Maybe it's more enjoyable movement, more sleep, or not forgetting to take your supplements. Simply put, what do you know deep down that you should be doing but you aren't that would drastically impact your health and well-being? Third step, once you've identified what your needs are or what your body is desiring, I encourage you to write a list of possible solutions to your body's requests, such as scheduling time on your calendar or setting up reminders for yourself. Further, do you need to find a new type of workout that will keep you motivated? Do you need to consult a holistic health practitioner to provide insights on vitamins? Write down a wide range of ideas and don't worry about whether or not these suggestions are feasible for you at this moment. List them as goals for yourself and for your future and write them in your calendar this week, this month, even this coming year so that you can focus on them over the course of a year and it doesn't feel overwhelming that all of these items are stacked up at once. By owning these three steps, you'll come to feel empowered about your journey to greater health, no matter where you're starting from. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It was a conversation I believe we can all benefit from. I'm so appreciative of you being here. And if you found today's episode insightful, I also recommend listening to my podcast, When Self-Care Is Not What You Think, as I share similar mindset shifts from a different angle to empower you to start stepping into self-care and showing up for yourself on a daily basis. Drop me a message on Instagram if you've been listening to these podcasts and let me know what's been resonating. What do you want to hear more about? How can I support you? I'm here to help you become happier and healthier. And so I want to hear from you. I also want to celebrate you. So make sure to tag me in your wins and how this podcast is supporting you. You can find me on the gram at Sarah Ann Stewart. And until next time, I'm sending you a massive virtual hug and so much love for a beautiful, incredible week ahead. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.